0: I asked the question before NC State's game in the pop Darts Bowl on Thursday against Kansas State, can NC State have nice things? I promised on this podcast we would answer the question, can NC State have nice things? And the next day, the morning after, NC State loses to Kansas State, 28 to 19. Welcome to Law of the Wolf. My name is Joe Giglio. I am joined today by JC Zemble, Wolfpack Central, NC State rivals, and JC you and I had a phone conversation yesterday and you used the word with NC state that you cannot use, which is should that given the number of people who are sitting out for Kansas state, given the, um, motivation that NC state should have to get to that 10th win for only the second time in school history that NC state should win the football game. And I didn't have a great retort for you, and I really wasn't going off of uh, even my own law of the wolf. But I what I was thinking of, I got, I got a quick anecdote for you. That since the win over Carolina to close out the regular season, I don't love the way that NC State has been presenting themselves. NC State football. I don't love the way that they've been kind of acting and, and fronting. I, I don't like that. And it reminded me of my mentor, George Tarantini. You remember the year after NC State Baseball went to the College World Series with Trey Turner and Carlos Rodon?
1: No, oh, I know that team well.
0: Okay. So George and Elliot Avent, NC State's baseball coach, are very good friends. And the next year after State goes to the College World Series, they come back. Everybody comes back. They had, what was it, like a press conference type of deal at Backyard Bistro. And there was a lot of talk about getting back and winning the championship and unfinished business and all this other stuff. It was very cocky is what it was. It was very confident. And I remember George saying to me, I don't, I don't like that. That's not who we are. That's not who we are. And I, I, you know, the whole comments in the locker room by Dave Doran, a lot of the talk about him being the bully. Now, you know, getting a player to flip from Carolina, getting a transfer from Duke, getting a transfer from wake forest. And, you know, there was a lot of puffing that I thought was performative since the Carolina game. Now, you when you beat Carolina, you earn the right to talk trash in that particular rivalry. So, so don't get me wrong. But I took it as I, I could hear George in my head. That's not who we are. And I just, I, I, I got those vibes since the Carolina game and, and into the run-up. And you had asked Dave about the Pop-Tart flavor. And, you know, he's going to drink his bourbon and all this other stuff and it it was made for good theater of course but the problem there is you can't put the cart before the horse you got to win the football game then then you can have the celebratory bourbon then you can have the celebratory pop-tart uh but not before don't don't dump the Gatorade before and I I felt there was a little bit of that going on before this game are you, you you are you down with are you picking up what I'm putting down right now
1: no, I, I know what you're saying because I, I thought about it a little, but I kind of came from the viewpoint of, and maybe this is one of the the one downfall of having the UNC game as the end of the season game, is that you know in a norm if it was like the eighth week or ninth week, then they would have to play the next week, and right? But put the hype of the UNC win away. But I really felt like NC State had graduated a long time ago from that, that brutal pattern where, you know, whatever you want to call it, handling prosperity or reading your press. Yeah.
0: Copies, yes.
1: You know, and I did think about it this month. I mean, it was a full month of celebratory mode. Now, I also recognize that probably in the month of December, which is now unlike any other time period in the history of college football, that you know, there's so many other things going on that it makes you wonder how much does the bowl game fit into the pie chart? Yeah. You know, I mean, they're trying to form their roster for next year. I mean, as as many have pointed out, imagine an NFL team doing free agency around like week 14. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's essentially what's going on is they're going, they're building the roster for next year while trying to prepare for a bowl game. And I don't know yeah. how much, you know, so I, I wonder how much that kind of played a role too, which, you know that first series they got punched in the mouth weren't ready to play you know we watched UNC first play of the game 75 yard touchdown for West Virginia you know i mean you could see who you know see certain trends even uh, the Oklahoma Arizona state uh, not Arizona uh, Oklahoma Arizona game you know right away Oklahoma throws really bad interception and some teams are ready to roll in that that first quarter and and some teams look like they haven't played in 4 weeks And I wonder if that really caught up to him on that first drive. And I don't know. I'm sure you did not pour through the press conference quotes, but the running back for Kansas state basically said very bluntly how much they practiced that pass play to him, how they knew that call was coming from the NC state defense that they were going to have, they were ready. And Sure enough, 37 yard touchdown. So, you know, they, you know, as you like to point out, other teams scout too. Yeah.
0: Other teams have good players. And I do want to give it, get into Kansas State and how I was impressed with what they did. But first, I want to, I want to continue on a point that you bring up that is the one that I actually thought about last night. And, and see, Dave Doran in 11 years has now proven, and even just let's just take this year, he has proven that when you doubt them and he has proven when you diss them, that he can have, and he has proven after they play poorly, he will have his football team ready to respond. He will have his football team ready to bounce back. He has unequivocally proven that. You know, you go back to the Duke game this year; they they bounce back the way that they did. You go back to any number of games throughout his tenure, and the, and the biggest strength that he has is when they are doubted, they play their best football. Yeah. What he needs to do now is figure out how to play their best football when they're happy. because they were happy after the Carolina game and they should have been. And it wasn't just the Carolina game. I want to stress that, you know, to to close the season the way that they did with the five wins, to respond the way that they did after the Duke loss was tremendous. And it wasn't just the Carolina game, but there was also a very specific way that they had to play football in those five games. Never trailing, always getting out in front, playing smart, causing turnovers, not beating themselves with either turnovers or penalties, and then really riding Kevin Concepcion. And there was a formula there. And the, the the other really big part of that formula was Peyton Wilson. We're going to get into Peyton Wilson too. But I want to pull this up. This is from 2018. Okay. And NC State, the week before, had lost to Wake Forest. This is the famous Jamie Newman game. Yes. Okay. NC state loses to wake forest. They were number 13 in the college football playoff that year. If they had won out, which they should have done by all means, if they had won out, a, they would have won 10 games. B it was a year where the ACC champion Clemson would have been in the playoff and they would have qualified for a new year's Eve, uh, new year's six bowl based on their CFP ranking. So there was a lot in front of that team in 2018. Okay. They lose to Wake Forest at home as a three-touchdown favorite to Jamie Newman. This, you know, kind of you knew who he was, but no one else knew who the heck that kid was. He comes in, leads a fourth-quarter comeback for Wake Forest. The very next week, they go to Louisville, and they absolutely put it on a terrible Louisville team that had quit on the season. Leave no doubt about that, okay? But this comment from Dave Doran is what I want him to think about this offseason because I do believe it is still the hurdle for him In this program? As a program, I feel like right now, when we have adversity, we respond really well. When people don't respect us, we respond really well. People talk bad about us, we respond really well, you know, but we still haven't learned how to handle success. Like that's the next thing in our program. The two games that we didn't play the way I thought we could Clemson and Wake, those were the weeks where we were getting this, you know, the Attaboys all week. And that's something I've got to get better at helping them with, obviously, as their head coach and getting them to block the noise so there it is jc we that's from 2018 we haven't learned how to handle success i i'm not dancing on anybody's grave i'm not celebrating that they lost i'm just pointing out to me what i thought was the biggest issue last night other than peyton wilson not playing in the football game so what do you think i mean those words still those words still ring true though right here in
1: 2023 well I, i i think we could go right back to the east carolina game last year in the opener. Which obviously they won, but it was the saddest winning team in the history of <laughs> NC State football. But what happened that entire offseason, Devin Leary for Heisman. Everybody this is was the best team in the history of the world, right?
0: Patting them on the but, back. Yeah, you're right.
1: And it was an interesting dynamic too, because you know, I, I always thought it was a very subtle but strong shift that Dave had. And and maybe and he never really has talked about this, but he downplayed expectations that spring. Until one night when the ESPN cameras got him for an interview when Nicky Iguano got drafted. And whatever it was about that, that big spotlight, that's the night that he turned it up. Yeah. Cause he didn't talk that way in his opening spring press conference or whatever media availabilities he had leading up to draft night. And then all of a sudden, NC State, you know, has a chance to be this and that, and you know, the hype machine rolled on the entire offseason from yeah. that time on. Now, yeah, this, year's team, years. this year's team had no hype. Right. You know, there was hope. You know, back fans are always hopeful. But there was no no delusions of grandeur about this year's squad. And really, the only offseason hype was, well, Brendan Armstrong is going to be 2021, you know, the sequel.
0: Back with Robert and I, yeah. yeah.
1: Just, because, just because he's back with his office coordinator. You know, forget the fact that that Virginia team had pros all around them. Or right. all potential pros around them at the skill position spots, so you know that that was like the big difference. So you know, in the way they started this year, there was no reason for prosperity. No, uh, no, you know. So I don't know. I don't think really pack fans even relaxed until maybe after the Virginia Tech game. Yeah, I think they were. I think there was a lot of cock- cockiness going into UNC more than normal, but you know, I. I mean, I, th- I think you hit it on the nose. And usually we see it more, you know, we, we see the the song and dance with Handling Prosperity where it bounces back between NC State football or NC State basketball. Mm-hmm. Now, it's always been uncanny that as soon as <laughs> NC State football gets ranked, then they lose the next week. Right. Or, you know, that, that type of stuff. We've seen that song and dance for a very long time. I just thought that because of the point you made that Dave never really lets one loss turn into two. That they kind of had turned that corner. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, and I'm sure they heard the talk about all the players that were missing for Kansas State. You know, they have You're no not idea. That. Yeah. State. Yeah. Why would they? You know, I can't see a lot of the NC State players sticking around on a, with their free time watching a big, you know, a random Big 12 game. So they probably didn't know much about Kansas State. You know, just whatever their coaches tell them, whatever video clips they get shown. I'm sure they had the idea of like, oh, this this could be easy. <laughs> you know, we're we're rolling. Right. Everything about this is setting up our way. And it truly was. I mean, you when you really think about it going into that game, every advantage that state could have up until the point where Hayden Wilson opted out, everything was really smelling roses for NC State. The portal, yeah, CJ Clark was a loss. I don't think they lost the game last night because they didn't have CJ Clark at nose tackle for right. his 30 snaps, but, you know, they didn't lose like significant players in the portal. They didn't lose anybody on their staff. You know, they didn't have any, you know, jarring situations. I mean, Kansas state lost their quarterback in a sport where the quarterback is everything for some of these schools and not just like a quarterback who'd just been there a little bit. I mean, he was a fifth year guy, you know, and there's a reason why Ohio state and USC are, are willing to show out major money for Will Howard um but as you pointed out you know true freshman comes in hadn't started before mm-hmm. well, and, let's not let's, not jump happened. Happened.
0: let's get into right. Kansas State here hang on one second
1: Housekeeping.
0: big shots to my man Hayes Lancaster he was down at the game last night uh got got a call from my wife yesterday around lunchtime hey uh there's ants next to the sink in the house can you can you call mosquito authority and I was like yes I'm on it Uh, They're out at my place this morning. So Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, Ants, Termites, Mice, uh, Moisture underneath the house, you name it. Go to BugsBite.com and you'll see all kinds of different ways to save. Hayes does not believe in contracts, but he does believe in saving you money. So go to BugsBite.com. Speaking of saving money, your house is your number one investment. I don't know why you would want to mess around with some sort of national chain that wants to give you some lowball offer. Don't do that to yourself. Um, Hometown Realty is local. They have six locations from here to the coast. They have more than 250 agents. More than 60% of their business is in new construction. Why do you want to be in new construction? Because those builders have incentives for you to go with them. You're not going to get those incentives off the street. You're not going to get those incentives going with some national chain. Go local. Go with hometown real it's myhtr.com and then coming up jc you should be excited about this i think you're a super techmo guy nintendo guy we're gonna have a super techno Bowl tournament at shady's in garner shady's is owned by josh whitaker josh whitaker big nc state fan whitaker and Hamer for all of your law needs go to the world's greatest url it's wh.lawyer that's wh.lawyer if you're like me you got a traffic ticket that needs taken care of maybe you got maybe you're selling a business or closing on a home all of those good things any law need merit, any kind of law need you have go to wh.lawyer all right let's digest a little bit of what we actually saw in the game last night kansas state jumps out to a 21 to 7 lead they end up winning the game 28-19 and honestly, my number one takeaway, JC, in the first half of that game, which is where I think it was won, was Kansas State's offensive line is really good. And Avery Johnson a is a true freshman, correct?
1: True freshman.
0: True freshman in his first college start against a really good defense, even without Peyton Wilson, was poised as hell. Like, he didn't make mistakes. He bought time with his feet. He ran when it was time to run. He took shots when it was took time to take shots. Uh, but even Andre Ware during the broadcast was talking a lot about how and Anish, Anish, Anish Sharaf, were talking about his ability to just throw the ball away and live to see another down. You know, so he ends up only completing 14 of 31 passes, but for 178 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And then he ran seven times for 71 yards and a score. I mean, I was. I was really impressed with Avery Johnson, JC. You mentioned Will Howard. I mean, you I would expect USC to have a really good backup quarterback, right? I would expect Alabama, Georgia, all of these, you know, schools. Texas Tech even. I would not have come up with Kansas State having what was he the number the th- third ranked quarterback in his class?
1: He was the number 1 dual threat okay, back in the class of 2023 by rivals.com. Okay. He was a big deal. He is the only player on their roster that was a four-star recruit.
0: That's wild.
1: They actually had another four-star player who transferred out who was the backup quarterback. And then they have a four-star quarterback coming in next year. Wow. So they they know how to recruit quarterbacks. There's no question on that. And I knew going into the game he was going to be good. I just didn't know if he'd be good against NC State in his first start. You know, there's a there's a learning curve typically. And I don't know if you've heard this before, but if you don't turn the ball over, (laughs) control time of possession, sneak a big play here and there, like say a fake punt, and then rely on your defense, it can be a winning formula. And I actually said it before the game, that Kansas State and NC State were going to try to play the same way, except State's been doing it for five weeks, where Kansas State has to do it for the first time this season, because You know, they had a higher ceiling during the regular season with their full complemented players. You know, they didn't have the same ceiling last night. But what did they do? They didn't make any mistakes. You know, they had a couple false start penalties that were ill-timed at one point. There was obviously some stretches of time where neither team could move the ball. But it was like, and and you could even make the case that both teams were playing not to to make that one big crucial mistake. Yeah. You know, not make I mean, that one killer turnover, that one killer interception. But that's how NC State's played for five weeks. And that's how it, Kansas State, I think, adopted to play last night. And you mentioned offensive line. I mean, we're talking about four, like six year seniors, maybe, and a redshirt junior. Massive amount of experience.
0: That was an old school Jim Grobe, Wake Forest kind of offensive yeah. line. You know. I mean, the only mistake I thought uh, the only mistake I thought Kansas State made all night, JC, was how do you fall? How do you fall for a fake punt fake after you pulled off a fake? Like that doesn't make any sense. You should be on high alert, especially in a bowl game. Uh, but that was the only mistake I I thought they made all night. Um, yeah. they, they went the they for it. What's
1: that,
0: that about Concepcion?
1: Had the one big catch that Concepcion had for forty. Yeah, they gave up the fake punt. They they almost i mean they had the two two penalties that wiped out the punt return touchdown and the right. the this flanker screen touchdown
0: the flanker screen yeah. was questionable the, the the punt one the guy did grab his jersey so i could see the i so, could see the flag there
1: i mean you could but i mean it it you have to like their their sound the way they the soundness of how they played you know that that you know it's a rare situation where a left guard is like the star of a team yeah I mean, they love Cooper Beebe. Love him. You know, and everybody, I mean, two star recruit coming out of high school, kid, you know, one of the three Kansas natives on the O line. The other two linemen are from Texas. You know, like I said, this is not a, a roster full of like holly touted guys. The one of the good linebackers was a walk on, you know, but man, I mean, you could see that they you could see why their coach won 10 games a year ago at a school that, you know, has not had any success unless Bill Snyder has been the coach and won four out of five years national titles at North Dakota state. I mean, this is a coach's coach. And I thought it was interesting because uh, I believe they said during the broadcast that Kansas state coaches visited with NC state.
0: Yeah. For their defense. Yeah. And
1: and then sure <laughs> enough, they knew exactly what the defense was going to do on their, on the 37 yard uh, touchdown catch by the running back who's a very good running back. I mean, I had told you before the game, I was impressed with what he could do. He's very slippery. He's tough. And he's going to be an NFL running back.
0: Yeah, 28 Uh, carries, 151 uh, yards. He's a workhorse. Yeah.
1: Yeah, In an era where backs never get more than 15 carries, it seems like. (laughs) You know, here's a guy who was a true bell cow behind a big offensive line. And they just did it enough in the passing game to get what they needed done.
0: It's funny. I, I began the year talking about Robert and I and how Tim Beck's teams never scored on the opening drive. Kansas state scored on their opening drive this year, 10 times out of 14 games. (laughs) They they went nine and one when they scored first in the football game, I believe seven of the 10 were touchdowns like, what? (laughs) What? That's fairly impressive. So I honestly, what I took away early in that game, I was like, okay. Kansas state showed up that this wasn't like Kansas state's going to roll over. This wasn't all these guys are not playing. They don't have any talent. Like we've watched a couple of bowl games where I'm like, Uh, I will be interesting to see what Florida state and Georgia look like. Of course, you'd think Georgia's backups are pretty good. If Kansas state's backups are good, you would think Georgia's backups are pretty good. Um, I just, I did not know what to expect from Kansas state other than I did think Giddens would be a, a, I thought they would probably pull a Kevin Concepcion and just give Giddens the ball as much as they could, uh, and with 28 carries, pretty close to it. Yeah. Um, but I thought, I thought Johnson in particular, the the poise for someone in his first start, and when you have that kind of recruiting ballyhoo behind you, you would have this, you would you would have the kind of pressure on you that you want to impress people, and for him to play the way that he did and not try to impress, not try to overdo it. Take what NC State's defense was giving them. Now, State's defense, I thought was much better in the second half. And that'll get us into this second part of this existential conversation. I had asked on Twitter, how much would you pay Peyton Wilson to play in the second half of this football game? I'm not going to lie to you, JC. I was surprised that Peyton Wilson, NC State's sixth-year linebacker, decided not to play in this football game. And I, I get it now in the world of, of, uh, opt outs and all this other stuff that it's not cool to question when a guy opts out, but, and I get it when a guy's a first round pick, I really do. Even a second round pick. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that's Peyton's future here in the draft. Um, and what, what surprises me about it, JC was he's a guy clearly cares about his legacy at NC state clearly. And he wants to be, for the lack of a better term, on the Mount Rushmore of NC State football. What better way to get there than to do something only one other team in school history has done and win the 10th game? Um, I I mean, obviously, I can't say definitively they would have won the football game if Peyton Wilson played. But that last drive while NC State was down two. They go 15 plays, 72 yards, convert three times on third down and, and once on fourth. JC, I gotta be honest with you, man. I, I feel like if Peyton's at least on the field, the drive doesn't look like that, or or it ends in a field goal, right? Or am I am I putting too much on this? Am I am I missing something here? Um, am I am I not allowed to question why a guy didn't play? Let it, it, it quite frankly, he's not a first-round pick. If you're a first round pick, I get it. I totally get it. Uh I just this would have been a, a I think, you you know, he always, ha- he'll have all the accolades that he has, but now you're kind of, I, I don't know. It just, it feels like it was a missed opportunity and I don't want to pin all of that on him, but he was so much a part of what this team was. As you pointed out, the leadership after the Brandon Armstrong booing, just the leadership after the Duke game uh, to get the defense to, to a cohesive group, him and Tony Gibson, obviously. But, you know, that's a lot of that's on, on Peyton Wilson. And then to ha- not have them in this football game it just felt like to me like it was like a gaping hole it, it's just in their identity
1: uh one of the things i thought was interesting is you know we a lot of the media go to a website that has you know the running stats yeah. and there was a point in the game where like the top three tacklers for nc state and maybe they finished it all in the same order but there was a point in the game where the top three tacklers were all secondary guys you know, and you know, you expect Jalen Scott to have a big game, you know, in his, his way. You know, he's actually had a terrific senior year, been overlooked because of the dominance of Peyton Wilson, but Jalen Scott's had a, a very quality senior year, which was unexpected. Um, if someone had asked, say in August. You know, they they obviously have been trumpeting Caden Fornham's development all season long. You know, Devin Betty is a is a vet. So you have three guys that are Clearly experienced, so you you would think that it wouldn't be a big glaring drop off, and I do think they settled in after that first drive. You know the, you know maybe maybe Peyton Wilson's on you know punt return coverage and (laughs) they don't do the fake punt as well. You know he's out there. Who knows? Maybe Peyton Wilson would have hit the fifty two yard field goal because he could kick too. You know it kind of got to that point last night where after everything went wrong against NC State, it was Peyton Wilson would have solved it. But at some point, you know, they knew that he wasn't going to play in the game and that they had to turn that page. And as I pointed out, they played the entire 20, pretty much the entire 2021 season without Payton Wilson due to injury. So it's not like Tony Gibson doesn't know how to game plan a little differently when Payne's not in the lineup. You know, mm-hmm. critics will say, well, they also had Isaiah Moore and Drake Thomas. Like
0: Thomas. yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and Isaiah Moore got hurt in the seventh game that year, I believe against Miami. So, yeah. you know, it's not their first rodeo in terms of shuffling things around because of um injuries at linebacker or to star linebackers. But it's a great what if. You know, I would argue that having losing your quarterback is also incredibly important. Yeah, but, I, that's the flip side. Know. I get that they didn't have players. I, I totally get that but part think, of it. I think that's just college football though in twenty twenty three until they move the bowl games to August.
0: They should. They f- should follow the uh <laughs> A jillian plan for sure you know i'm i'm ready for them to do that um oh, imagine, right.
1: a florida, imagine what a florida state georgia would be like to open the season in august hey i don't think
0: anybody would opt out of on that one that's no. that's for sure and but there i feel like we're a little bit uh a ways away um
1: yeah i i, I mean they obviously miss Peyton wilson and you know he was the safety net you know People like to point out to the big plays. I look at him as the guy who makes sure the five-yard run stays at five yards. Yeah. You know, that 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 he makes sure that things don't go even more sideways. Now, it's not to say that, that the defense has been perfect all season long. We've, we've seen the, the breakdowns. But I thought they played – once they settled in after that first drive, I thought they played the way they were supposed to play. You know
0: the yeah they were good in the second half i just that last drive in particular
1: well that um, that i don't know how much you listen to dave after the game but he harped on that drive more than anything he said mm -hmm. they came out flat he admitted it
0: yeah
1: you know choice words at halftime but he thought that defensively they were pretty good in the second half until that final drive and you know what it shows you how in tune he is you know he quickly pointed out that they converted three third downs and a fourth down which i think he basically called a third down but yeah. you know essentially they went four for i think kansas state won four for 15 on third down conversions three of them happened yeah, on, that on that
0: drive. drive yeah and then the and four after four getting the two different. penalties to wipe out a touchdown on the same drive and all and of the, the time battle
1: gets the pass interference penalty that extended it otherwise it would have ended on that play sure um, You know, I've never seen a team run seven and a half minutes off on a clock in college football. I mean, that's That's an extraordinary amount of time off the clock. And, you know, but that just shows that Kansas State was the better team when it was winning time. They made the plays that they needed to make. And, um, you know, there's no doubt in my mind they were the better team last night. Um, I thought it was pretty impressive that State made it to 21-19 I thought they should have kicked the field goal instead of going for it on fourth down in the first half because I'm a old school. You take the points when you get the points. Cause I didn't think it was going to be a high scoring game. Agree. It'd be a close game, Yeah, but you know, but they bypassed the three points, you know, but Dave has been very consistent about that. (laughs) He loves, he loves to say that he has confidence in his offensive line, but you know, those three points would have been huge, uh, you know, in retrospect. Um, But at the end, of, you know, it's just it's just kind of to me it, it had to be very frustrating for them, and maybe the the goal is not to be in a bowl game where you know Mayo gets doused or Pop Tarts get eaten or you know that that they got to go somewhere where they could actually just have a normal post game celebration and not have to worry about you know if bourbon's going to be ready or um, you know if if Mayo's going to be behind the ears and in the hair for the next three days and. Um, I mean, it—it's it, amazing how some of this stuff is almost overshadowed the game. I mean, the—the—the the, the, the social media for these bowl games is just off the charts, almost better than the games itself for some of them.
0: You could make the argument. <laughs> Since you're my number one breeze through convert, I should just really have you do the breeze through ad because you have the tumbler with the lifetime refills. Because you are over at PNC Arena and Carter Friendly Stadium all year long, and it is a great thing to have. But yeah, all your all of your snack needs, tailgate needs, beverage needs, coffee needs. You're not a coffee guy. I am a coffee guy. They have great dark roast over at the Breeze Through. Seventeen locations here in the state of North Carolina, including the Taj Mahal and Cary uh adam's gonna have to have us over at the one and carry on high house there so we'll make sure we do that in 2024 but we appreciate breeze through here on this program for always taking care of us and speaking of people who always take care of us anthony guerra over at oakwood pizza box best pizza not only in raleigh but in the state of north carolina our guy brad frederick you on the unc basketball staff uh was it drake powell is that the kid's name out in pittsburgh yeah. He was out in Broughton. Brad was over in Broughton this week. And so he's like, Hey, I'm going over to Oakwood. And I said, yeah. He's like, what should I get? I go, get the square. Uh, he he got the square. He was like, that thing was really, really good. I said, yeah, man, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, if we're talking about food recommendations, you should listen to the OG. And it's not food, but one of the great uh, things I've seen during this holiday season is the number of people who listen to this podcast who are like, hey, I'm not suggesting that you you finally convinced my wife to help me on Christmas, but if you go to homefield apparel and use the promo code OG23 you can save 15% on this jacket which I saw at least three people tweet at me and say basically thank you because mm-hmm. um oh man come on I had this whole thing set up and now you want to do this to me. Um, they're like thank you because this jacket, the bomber jacket, as you can see with the, uh, the the slobbering wolf and then wolf pack on the back, uh, at least three times I saw this. is This was the highlight of my Christmas from Homefield Apparel. You can make it the highlight of your post-Christmas. Make it Get that thing ready for basketball season. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code OG23 and you can save 15%. All right, JC. So now nine and four is how this year ends in football. They say goodbye to Peyton Wilson and who is one of the the greats to ever play for the Wolfpack. Uh, Again, I'm a little bit confused as to why he did not play in the bowl game. I think it really could have put him on that level with Torrey Holt and Phillip Rivers and and Ted Brown and a Jim richer that, you know, yeah, uh, there might be someone else who wears the number 11, but you are, you're him. That's it. Um, They're going to look a little bit different next year. Obviously they went into the portal, they did really well. We've talked about that in the previous episode. Their schedule next year is very manageable, other than a trip to Clemson and a neutral site game against Tennessee, where in Charlotte, where they haven't won since beating Louisville there in the Meineke Car Care Bowl.
1: Teddy Bridgewater's freshman year.
0: No, it's the Belk Bowl at that point. Yeah, so it's been a minute. They they've lost these these games, these neutral site games. I think the loss in addition to taking away from the accomplishment of getting to the 10th win and in my opinion the tenth win is important because every other freaking team not named Virginia has a 10 win season since NC state's last one in, and only one in 2002 like it's kind of like the division title conference title thing like it's it just doesn't make any sense that you haven't done it um so I, there's something to that. But I also think like when you don't win that game, you don't go into the off season with the same kind of mojo. I, I get it. The bowls or whatever they are now, but there is still something to finishing 10 and three and having 65 people next August fill out a ballot and say, oh, they won 10 games last year. Oh, they have Grayson McCall. Oh, they did well in the portal. Oh, this is a, a defense that has been in the top 25 of the last, what, three years in a row, four years in a row. You know, those are all things that kind of run through a voter's mind in a playoff era. And you might say, well, the polls don't matter, but the polls are usually in line with how the college football playoff selection committee views the teams. And I can't help but think in by losing the game, you put yourself back in in the in this offseason where it's, you know, I think if you win the game, you're probably in a position where you start next year, top 20, top 15. I think now they're in a position where they'll probably be a fringe top 25 team. And maybe maybe it's a good time to review the name of this podcast as The Law of the Wolf because when you expect the most, you get the least. And when you expect the least, you get the most. So maybe there is something to that for NC State that they won't have all of the expectations. And as we've proven, they can't handle. So maybe there is something if you want to be a negative bright side on that one. But I, I do think this hurts them in their off momentum, JC. Don't you?
1: I think it it stings, but then I think it, there's a certain point, say maybe three, four weeks from now where life just goes on. Yeah. So the the news cycle just is so fast these days. I think the the biggest thing to me for this offseason is to get the offense to join the modern <laughs> modern era. Okay. So, if if everything this offseason can get NC State to be an, a modern offense again with four or five weapons, you know, in it, a sport where you almost have to have three very good wide receivers, you know, I always felt that a pivotal moment in college football, and I'll go all history on you, Joe, is yeah, when yeah. Steve Spurrier had Jaukhes Green, Redell Anthony, and I Killyard, and that was like mind blowing at that time in the in the '90s and. Uh, Miami had Kevin Williams, who was one of the most electrifying punt returner slot receivers, yeah. ended up with the Cowboys, and they had, you know, two other great receivers to go with them. All of a sudden, it was like, hey, wait a minute. Like, we have a safety guarding a slot receiver? Oh, my, you know, or whatever. And then, obviously, it's now really become four wide receivers are mostly out there on the field. You know, State had Kevin Concepcion, you know, and then they, they threw a couple passes to the Dakari Collins. I mean, it was, you know, it was just, it was a really bizarre way of running the offense, but they had to do it. I mean, I don't think we'll ever see a team where the quarterback will run 20 plus times again. You know, I don't think Grayson McCall is built to run 20 plus times next year. And I don't think Cedric Bailey, if he's the quarterback of the future, is built to run 20 times. So, you know, they had to do what they did. You know, you and I have talked about it. I related it to the TJ Warren game plan of, we will get him 30 every single game for the next 10 games because it's our only chance of right. getting to the tournament. Hey, they to had to season. play that
0: way. Yeah, they, they had, had to play, play that way.
1: way. Yeah. And and you and I both point, you know, working back to what you said earlier, you know how much they trailed during the five game winning streak?
0: At, did they at all?
1: Three nothing against Miami. Oh that's it. Yeah. You know, this was a wishbone offense in in a dressed up other other style yeah you know so that's why when they went down 14 nothing it was like oh
0: hence my tweet that people got mad at it was 21 7 and i'm like guys this team is not built to play catch up
1: no and and you know to their credit like i said i thought it was impressive that they even got to 21 19. yeah i thought that was pretty impressive and now they had to you know use some trickery with the fake punt but you know I don't think this is going to be the case next year. Right. I'm not saying they're going to turn into, uh, you know, a 40-point-per-game offense overnight. But, you know, they have a tight end now, uh, Justin Jolly coming in from UConn, who should be a permanent part of the passing game. You know, Jonathan Paler will take some of those plays and pressure and, more importantly, maybe the hits that Kevin Concepcion took. You know, I don't think people realized how often Kevin you know, would come out, come back in, come out, come back in the last four games because he's 180 pounds, you know, and when 180 pound guys get hit by 270 pound guys, it hurts. Uh, Jonathan Paley would take some of that pressure off. You know, Keenan Jackson was a terrific addition, not just because they stole him away from UNC, but because he's a great possession ride receiver. He knows how to work the sideline. He knows how to catch third and eight passes. He knows how to get, you know, do things in the end zone. Now obviously the, they're freshmen, Paler and Kenan Jackson, but they should be freshmen who contribute. Yeah. Um I'm not saying they're gonna put up the numbers that KC had because that was a very rare, rare situation. But if you look on the screen Rodgers, if you're watching
0: on if you look on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, this is Virginia's offense from 2021, Robert and I, where they had three guys in Don Tavian Wicks, Keeton Thompson, and Billy Kemp who were receivers. Thompson was a little bit of a gadget guy. Their Concepcion, if you will, Wix wicks 57 catches, 1200 yards, Thompson, 77 catches, almost a thousand yards Kemp 75 catches, 740 yards, nine, two, and six on the touchdowns. And then you see Jelani woods, the tight end had nearly 60, 600 yards and eight touchdowns. So the template is there for them. They have the play call there. This, this, this shouldn't be a mystery next year. Uh, the only thing I would caution some people and, some state fans who have like texted me, it's like you understand next year, Kevin's not going to have the same type of statistical year because they're going to have other options, which is (laughs) that's a good thing to have.
1: No, I think, I think you hit it on the nail. I mean, you want to spread the ball around. You want defenses to be guessing. Yeah. And you know, those numbers are why I just didn't think Brendan Armstrong had any chance of being a 2021. Brendan Armstrong. It's just, they don't have these type of weapons players around. around them. Yeah. You know, Wicks is with the Packers. I believe Thompson made, uh, like one of the, the like XFL type leaks. He was a converted quarterback. You yeah. know, he, he was a terrific player for, uh, Virginia after transferring in from Mississippi state, Billy Kemp got hurt in 2022. That was a big blow, you know, for, uh, the post deny era, you know, Brendan Armstrong era. Um, he's now ne- then transferred to Nebraska. You know, Henry for a third receiver, those are pretty good, pretty solid numbers for a yeah. third receiver. And then johnny Woods was 6'7, 240 and got drafted by the Colts. So, I mean, big, big difference. So, you know, I think next year, you know, Jordan Waters from Duke will be a pounded in, pound between the tackles back that is perfect yeah. for this offense. You know, it takes the pressure off of Kendrick Raphael, who you know, probably should not have been had to have the role that he had this year, but that's what happens when Jordan Houston leaves after four games and when Michael Allen leaves before the end of the season and DeMarcus Jones gets hurt and other things just happen the wrong way. So, you know, Kevin shouldn't have to play as much running back next year. Yeah. So, and then as you show this, I mean, this is...
0: This is the reason is for the This it? <laughs> is not in the order that the games will be played. But they play, yeah, I mean, they open with Western Carolina. Their home schedule next year is one of the worst I've ever seen, most boring I've ever seen. But if you can handle boring, if you can handle the shoulds, if you can handle success, then NC State will be in position next year to do something that they haven't done. Part of it is the schedule. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, If you're watching on the YouTubes, you can see they play Tennessee week two in Charlotte. And then I believe Louisiana tech and NIU are already set for the next two weeks. The rest of the ACC schedule is they play Cal Clemson, Georgia tech and Carolina on the road. And then they get Duke, Stanford, Syracuse and wake at home. Wake is in turmoil. Syracuse is in turnover. Stanford has not been the same in the last three years. Duke has a new coach who can't coach football. And then, you know, Georgia Tech will be a, they were a feisty team this year. Carolina is Carolina. Clemson going there is always going to be tough. Cal can be feisty, but that's going to be a game where NC State has better players than they do. Um, you know, if the ACs I mean, if they can, this is a schedule that's set up for them to, to at least play for the ACC championship, at least.
1: I mean, if, if they don't do, if they don't get to 10 wins with that schedule, it's going to be a little bit of a wait. I mean, this is, this is the schedule. And, you know, I mean, I actually think the schedule is so watered down next year that there's going to be a point in time where PAC fans are going to call the disrespect card because they aren't going to understand why they aren't ranked appropriately. Right. Because they're going to be like, wait a minute, we have all these wins. Why aren't we ranked?
0: Particularly that Clemson game ends up being later in the season. It normally isn't. Um, But if, yeah, if they have to plow through some of these, you know, mediocre teams, and B, you know, if they beat Tennessee, I mean...
1: I think Georgia we'll Tech is going to be it really when they good, beat
0: Tennessee, by the way.
1: I like Georgia Tech. I think they could be yeah. super good. I watched yeah. their game in Central Florida. They're, they're, feisty. they're a
0: feisty team.
1: Yeah, they have they have quick guys. They don't have big guys on offense at the skill spots, running back, receiver. But they're quick. They they, they make plays. Their quarterback is good. But, I mean, when, when the debate is, you know, between... Uh, Georgia Tech, UNC or Duke is the third toughest opponent or whatever whatever you want to say. I mean, it, it's it's to me, that's very telling. Um, you know, I think one of the nice things with some of the bowl games now is that you can get a sneak peek at a lot of these teams for next year. I know you probably were all about DVRing Northern Illinois' bowl game.
0: Sure. But, uh, Sure. You no, know, I will watch Tennessee though. I'll give you credit for that.
1: Well, uh, the Nico thing I, have is, Iowa. I
0: have money on Iowa, but that's, the that's Nico thing is
1: fascinating because imagine you're 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 this touted quarterback who everybody thinks is a surefire pro. I mean, an absolute surefire pro. He's from California. Everyone, you know, jumped on that. He got two million dollars to go to Tennessee bandwagon, and I don't doubt it. And you're making your first start against a defense like Iowa. And I mean it it's a fascinating deal. I mean the only only younger quarterback that could have brought in a more TV rating probably than Nico, and I wouldn't begin to totally pronounce his last name is if Arch Manning were starting for Texas. I mean right. it, it's just it's the perfect script, you know and you talk about guys making interesting decisions. I mean Joe Milton, Will probably get drafted, maybe. <laughs> but you know, for him to just basically say peace out, yeah, you know, like he did. I mean, it's it's a it was a fascinating decision there. Um, you know, but it goes back to what you were talking about with Payne Wilson. I mean, Al, I think all these guys are just petrified, or people around them are petrified that they might get hurt, which then will affect their working out for the NFL mm-hmm. draft. And, and then that affects their draft status. And the, it's a, you know, I, I always point to Stefan Marbury as the groundbreaking player in NBA draft, where he made it acceptable for point guards to go pro after a freshman year. Then there was a point where it was acceptable to be drafted outside the lottery. Then it became acceptable that it was okay if you went in the late 20s. Right. Now guys are like, hey man, second round pick? Ah. i <laughs> up, I'm out. Tarkavian Smith, We've I'm out. They don't, don't even end up getting drafted. You know? <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure Turkavian, You know, I don't know what the right decision is for some of these guys. I mean, I think in the end it will work out for payne Wilson. I don't think losing. Yeah, I think so
0: too. To I mean, he, he needs to be healthy. He needs fun. to work out. Those are all good things for him. Yeah. I just, I we thought it was
1: Do it. We saw Kevin Harmon do it. We saw Jermaine Pratt do it. You know i'm sure there's been a few others that have slipped my brain but um you know now i think it's a little extreme when like 20 fsu guys are doing it then i think it becomes a well my buddies are doing it so i might as well too
0: yeah that Might be Milton too. So many of the Tennessee guys are, are not
1: so. I could make it, I could make an NIL joke that maybe the, the cash, maybe the checks stopped cashing in December. I don't, you know, who knows. But, but he basically went peace out. Yep, our peace checks out.
0: are good for 2024, JC. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you taking some time here the last few weeks on Law of the Wolf. And again, if you haven't already subscribe. it's right there. The button's right there, It's it's super easy. Um, little thumbs up. Give us a little comment. If you haven't already followed us on the, all of your different podcast platforms—Apple, Spotify, their Google's—you name it—we're there. Five stars only. Positive vibes only. Happy New Year to you! And we'll be back in 2024. Some more for some more law of the wolf.
1: It for soft, it ain't for soft people.